You're listening to the Esoteric News Briefs, your source for the paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. Welcome back, Goblins! You're listening to Episode 1 of Season 3 of the Esoteric News Briefs. I can't believe this show has been going on for this long. Really? It's all thanks to you, the listeners. Before we get started, though, I want to thank the members of the Esoteric Archive, specifically Annie K, Kylie H, Soul Rising Studios, and Grand Inquisitor Samantha. Your support helps with the purchasing of reading materials, paying for server costs, and it contributes to keeping a steady supply of coffee in my bloodstream. If you would like to join the Esoteric Archive, go to patreon.com forward slash esoteric book club. All members get early access to shows, and those donating $3 or more a month get extended book club episodes. Goblins who donate $8 or more a month get shout-outs on episodes, along with that warm, fuzzy feeling inside that may or may not be an alien parasite. Maybe you should go get that checked out. There is also a PayPal link for those of you who want to make a one-time donation. But enough about all that. You've patiently waited a full month for this. So without further ado, on with the show. Are trees real? No, this isn't a trick question, nor is it a bizarre conspiracy theory like that one with the birds. This is a legitimate question. If I asked you to describe a tree, I venture to say that everyone would probably have a similar description. Trees are perennials, meaning that they don't die at the end of each year. They have a trunk that raises their leaves far above ground level. They have deep roots that give them stability and help them to draw moisture from the surrounding landscape. And finally, trees are made from wood. This material provides a flexible but rigid structure to the plant and is a great solution for storing vital sugars. But how is an oak related to a baobab or a date palm? In short, they're not. So what part of their family, order, or species declares them a tree? In truth, none of them do. There is no binomial classification for trees. That title is really just a blanket term for a type of plant formation with a group of similar characteristics. But ultimately, there is no scientific classification for a tree. This really isn't much more than trivia, but I suppose it would be a fun way to irritate people at a party. Hey Jimmy! Hey Steven! Did you know trees ain't real? There are many theories about the origins of life on Earth. One theory is panspermia, and, once you get done giggling at the name, it's a fascinating theory. The idea is that life may have formed on Earth, but it may not have originated on Earth. I'm not saying that all life on our planet is extraterrestrial, although I'm keeping a watchful eye on the octopus. The theory is that the building blocks of DNA may have hitched a ride on meteorites. We've actually found evidence for this in the past. We have previously found adenine, guanine, and uracil within carbon-rich meteorites, three of the five components of DNA and RNA. 
We have even found traces of amino acid chains in interstellar rock. In a recent study of three specific meteor types known as carbonaceous chondrites, it was discovered that there were all five DNA components. Just not all in the same chunk of rock. It's sort of like receiving IKEA furniture that's been shipped in multiple boxes and without any instructions. All the parts are there, they just may not all get there at the same time. There is one major concern, though. Are the chemicals detected in the meteorites from space, or were they picked up from their impact with the Earth? To start, the scientists have access to soil samples from the impact sites where each meteorite struck. While these compounds are detected in both, the concentrations are drastically different. That in itself is not conclusive, but there is another test that could be done. We could test what carbon and nitrogen isotopes are incorporated in the structure of these biological building blocks. If there is a higher concentration of isotopes not found on terra firma, it would more definitively point towards an extraterrestrial origin. Then again, this test would require massive quantities of meteorite material since these chemicals are already in such minuscule quantities in the rock. But wait! There is one more test in the works. Both Japan and the United States are retrieving asteroid debris and bringing it back to Earth for study. Because we are retrieving this material directly from space, it reduces the possibility of earthly contamination. I will certainly keep an eye out for further developments. There is a microscopic parasite that is thought to infect nearly half of all people around the globe. Known as Toxoplasma gondii, this little critter is best known for being found in the feline species, specifically in the domestic house cat. While it generally causes mild flu-like symptoms upon onset, it can cause lasting damage to a person's eyes if that person has a compromised immune system. Otherwise, it seems to be relatively harmless. At least, that's what we thought. Cat owners, don't freak out on me just yet. In fact, this news may not be that bad for you. It seems that this parasite has grown to create a beneficial symbiotic relationship with its host. In a rather unconventional study, it was found that people infected with Toxoplasma gondii tend to be more attractive. Yeah, I had that same initial reaction. Now, the results of this experiment are totally subjective, since attraction varies from person to person, but overall, the results of this study show that those who carry the parasite were judged by their peers to be better looking. This seems to make very little sense. Generally, Evolution has caused life forms to shun those who exhibit signs of infection. But the symptoms generated by this parasite include increased testosterone production in men, better facial symmetry, lower BMI in women, and an elevated view of one's own attractiveness. Most of these symptoms are self-explanatory. But what does facial symmetry have to do with anything? 
Biologically, the human species subconsciously determines a potential mate's health based on facial symmetry. The more evenly proportioned a person's mugshot is, the more likely they are to get laid. Weird, huh? Now don't run out to try to get yourself infected just yet. There still are some other more drastic side effects that have cropped up in Toxoplasma gondii infections. Side effects such as eye problems, schizophrenia, and psychotic outbursts. Maybe there is something to the idea of the crazy cat lad and cat lady stereotype. There's water on the moon, and really, there shouldn't be. Granted, it's ice, but still, solar radiation and solar winds should have stripped it from the surface and sent it into the void of space long, long ago. So what's keeping it in place? Located on the moon's south pole, there are several very deep craters permanently shrouded in darkness. This means that they aren't directly exposed to sunlight, but they are still exposed to solar winds that whip through the galaxy. These winds should cause the evaporation of lunar water, but they're not. There is another unique attribute about this location, though. It is the source of an odd magnetic anomaly. While it is unknown what is causing this anomaly, it is strong enough to create a very weak, location-specific magnetic field that serves to deflect the solar winds. Without exposure to solar radiation or solar winds, water is able to pool in the bottom of these craters and freeze in place. While more research is needed, it is theorized that these anomalies are either caused by the impact of magnetic meteorites, or that they arose as the moon cooled from its initial molten state. Scientists plan to study this further as NASA's Artemis missions are scheduled to establish a permanent lunar base on the moon's south pole. Man, it seems like a lot of this month's articles are space-based in some way. So do you remember Oumuamua, the cigar-shaped object that did a flyby of our solar system a few years ago? The one that was declared to be the first recorded object to come from outside of our solar system? Well, apparently it's not the first. Technically. In 2014, a meteorite detonated in our atmosphere over the South Pacific Ocean. At the time, it was suspected to have extrasolar origins because it was traveling at a rate of speed and at a trajectory not thought possible for our solar system. The information needed to confirm this was held by the United States Space Command, but was declared classified by the U.S. government. It's completely unclear why, it just happened to be that way. Because the data necessary to confirm the meteorite's origin was unreleased, the initial report could not be peer-reviewed or published. Since then, the USSC has confirmed the data cited in the paper and has stated that this object predates the sighting of Amuamua by three years, making it the first known object to enter our solar system from the outside. In released documentation from the now-defunct ATIP program, 
it was discovered that the U.S. government was thinking about blasting a hole to the center of the moon using thermonuclear explosives for the sole purpose of looking for a hypothetical ultralight metal that may or may not even exist. <sighs> of course we did. These hypothetical metals would be used to construct a space vessel that would be powered by a negative mass propulsion system. A system that is also theoretical because of the laws of physics. This is where I planned to start a new segment in the episode in which I tell you about small town sightings of all things strange. But... It has been a very slow month, and I only have a few stories to relay to you. So let's get right into it. I present to you, Paranormal Neighborhood Watch. In late May of 2022, a triangular UFO was sighted over a busy road in Charlotte, North Carolina. The UFO witness took to social media to see if they could get confirmation of their encounter. Skeptics noted that severe weather was causing planes to use lower-altitude flight paths en route to Charlotte Douglas International Airport, and that they believe this is what the witness really saw. Despite skeptical opinion, this is the ninth UFO sighting in the Charlotte area since 2021. On May 8th, a West Virginia turkey hunter discovered the skull of a giant ground sloth in a creek bed in Putnam County. Initially thinking that it was a cow skull, it was later identified as belonging to the extinct Megalonyx jeffersoni and is estimated to be at least 11,000 years old. And finally, students at the National Forensics Academy in Oak Ridge, Tennessee are learning to use dowsing, also known as witching, to locate buried corpses. According to instructor Arpod Voss, it has to do with piezoelectricity, and one just needs rods with the, quote, right voltage to locate human remains. This has been Paranormal Neighborhood Watch. Man, that felt a little underwhelming. Oh well, I'm sure we're bound to have more local weirdness pop up soon. Okay, this next article sounds a little bit insane, but bear with me. During the Cold War, Russia began to train beluga whales and military attack dolphins. No joke. The dolphins were trained from a base located in Sevastopol, which fell under Ukrainian control after the fall of the USSR in 1991. This base was located in the Crimea region, which was later annexed again by Russia in 2014. The Russian military reports that they have developed a device that allows them to convert dolphin sonar signals into a signal that can be displayed on a monitor. Apparently, they are currently utilizing this technology. U.S. satellite company Maxar took photos of two confirmed dolphin pens at the entrance of the Sevastopol harbor prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February of 2022. This installation is outside of Ukrainian missile range, but is still vulnerable to underwater incursions, hence the military-trained dolphins. If you think that this is too crazy to be real, you also need to know that the U.S. Navy, not to be outdone by the Russians, 
employs both dolphins and military-trained sea lions. We are quickly approaching the end of the show, so that means it's time for everyone's favorite segment. News of the Weird Canadian Parliament has recently declared that its citizens in outer space will still be subject to Canadian laws. The new law states, quote, A Canadian crew member who, during a spaceflight, commits an act or omission outside Canada that, if committed in Canada, would constitute an indictable offense, is deemed to have committed that act or omission in Canada, end quote. Later deciding to close any possible loopholes, they further added that this law extends to the surface of the moon as well. In response, Canadian citizens said, uh, to, be fair. to be fair. To be fair. In a case of a tweet being taken completely out of context, and I can't believe that I actually have to say this, scientists are emphatically stating that no, the Loch Ness Monster is not just a misidentified whale dick. If this statement is confusing, don't worry, there's photos included with this article. Recent fossil discoveries have revealed that some pterosaur species were fully covered in feathers. The specimen in question, Tupendactylus imperator, was preserved in such detail that we can see multiple types of feathers and we can observe the melanosomes under an electron microscope. Melanosomes are microscopic organelles that hold color pigment in feathers, and every color has a melanosome of a different shape. This means that we can make an accurate, full-color reconstruction of this particular species. Of course, being that the internet exists, there are people opposed to this blatant use of both science and logic. Their opinions can be summed up as, I like my dinosaurs like I like my kaiju, covered in scales and dragging their tails. Oh, right. Exobiologists have proposed a new theory as to why we have yet to encounter alien civilizations. In this new theory, based on the linear growth of cities on Earth, it is proposed that alien civilizations will, at some point, reach one of two conclusions a homeostatic awakening or complete societal collapse. In the homeostatic awakening scenario, an alien civilization would collectively come to the realization that its consumption of resources is greater than the supply of said resources, thus forcing them to dial back their intergalactic expansionism. The alternative is the interplanetary equivalent of the movie Mad Max. Finally, Geologists have recently discovered the remnants of an 830 million year old life form trapped inside a halite crystal. It is speculated that fluid filled inclusion sealed within these crystal formations could create microhabitats, allowing these ancient life forms to survive for countless eons. If this already didn't sound like a horror movie setup, halite crystals are commonly known as rock salt. You know, the stuff we use to melt ice on highways in the winter. Nothing bad could come from this, right? Well, that's all I have for tonight. 
I suppose I will add Primordial Salt Monster and Sexy Feline Brain Parasites to my list of Lovecraftian horrors to worry about. Anyway, until next time, I'm your host Jason, and you've been listening to the Esoteric News Briefs.